Welcome to Oaken Bros. This is Eric. And I'm Michael. And if you want to learn about the secrets of the universe, the law of attraction, mysticism, brohood, gambling, movies, pop culture, archangels, magic, good food, business, health, family, and mediumship, smash that subscribe button, hit the thumbs up, press the noti icon, and spread this video around like peanut butter and jelly. I love it. So today we have on Richard Knight. Richard is a world-renowned psychic medium healer and tarot master. You can visit richard-knight.co.uk, and that's Knight with a K, for uh, for more information on booking a session or joining one of his six-week master classes. Thank you for coming on, Richard. You're more than welcome. Lovely to be here. Hi. First question: What is peanut butter and jelly? We don't have that here. You know, I was gonna do like, like it's like crumpets, right? Like you guys do like um like like yeah, you don't put peanut butter on peanut butter and jelly just oh, okay. <laughs> are, you, are you serious right now? That's yeah, like not a thing. Peanut no. butter and jelly is like an American no. staple. It's like you like growing up, you have if you're not allergic to peanuts, you have peanut butter and jelly on bread, so you spread it around and uh, it's not made over the side of the pond, not in any great Oh my god. Well that's <laughs> no, good to know, Eric. So when we go to London, we're not gonna be able to eat peanut butter and jelly there. I know. So what do you spread on on like on an English muffin? Like but I should have said a butter on an English muffin. Butter, butter or jam, yeah. Jam on an English spread this video around like like from, yeah, for most most people in the UK, peanut butter and jam is like no, doesn't compute. Oh my really? god, that is I like all American. Like, yeah. I gotta tell you, if they even sell peanut butter, I'm, I'm assuming they would sell peanut. Oh yeah, butter. yeah, we've got peanut. Yeah, try it. Okay, just right. take get a get a Thomas English muffin and do peanut butter and jelly. There's no going back. Okay, I'm going right. to do it. I'm and Eric, if you would have asked me how this conversation, I would have, I was like, <laughs> the tarot, psychic media shit, we're talking about peanut butter and jelly here. Get used to my mind doesn't do linear. <laughs> Same. Yeah, well, this goes into kind of my first question slash statement. You gave me a reading and it was, it was so unusual in the best way possible um, because how you did tarot, the mediumship, tarot and mediumship, and you went back and forth how did you come up with that style? Um, yeah, we'll start um, Out of necessity, really, because um, I've been reading both as a tarot reader and as a medium for almost my entire entire life. Um, and even when I was, I, I used to do it separately. So people could either book tarot sessions with me or mediumship sessions. But um, unfortunately, the folks upstairs who wanted to come through didn't care if I was reading the cards or not, they were going to come through. So I kind of... I kind of had to find a way of establishing ground rules. So, because occasionally people would come in for a card reading, then somebody from Spirit would link and we do a completely different reading wow. from what they booked for, um, which usually was fine. People, but it kind of grated for me because that's not what I was trying to do for that person. Um, so I kind of I had to kind of find that balance of almost like it's tarot, and I when I know somebody's coming through, I'm having a conversation going right. Hang on, you'll get your moment. Um, and there's usually a point where I can kind of break, let them come through. And the general rule is once they're through, they're through. They will talk about whatever they want to talk about. And, you know, I'm not kind of going, stop, I need to go back to the cards. I'll let them flow. And, you know, I often just use the phrase when they're ready to take a breath, which I you know is a strange phrase, but it's only way I can describe it. They kind of pause. Then I can go back in the cards. Is there uh, it, it, it took me a minute to catch on. Like, cause yeah. like, if, like I didn't, I came in not knowing what to expect. And when you were switching back and forth, it was, um, it was a great experience to, to do it, that. It's interesting. It actually is interesting for me because I don't know who's going to come through and I don't know whether I'm going to get 
<clears throat> two minutes into the reading before somebody's going to break their way in from spirit or whether I'm going to get further into it. You know, I said at the beginning, you know, this could be two minutes or 20 minutes into this. I don't know until we start. Um, and it is a little bit kind of like patting your head and rubbing your stomach at times. Um, but actually, if, if, if I'm in flow, what they're saying can sometimes add another dimension to what I'm looking at in the cards and, and, and kind of vice versa. Often, if somebody's coming through and it's a very emotional situation they're talking about within the family, I'm also look, looking at on tarot completely objectively without emotion. So I can almost fill in the two things if they're working well. We're going to connect together um, really well. Is tarot is so like is tarot the future and the and spirit is kind of the past or, or does no. it, it inter it intertwines tarot. The traditional way of, of looking at tarot is is kind of past, present, future. It's a way of looking at yeah, somebody's past, present, future. Mm -hmm. That's kind of changing. I mean, it will do all that, but at least I hope it's changing because it's what I've been teaching for the last 10 years. Um, but it's also an extremely powerful coaching tool. So it's a tool of transformation. Um, <clears throat> you know, if, you, if I've got a client who is looking at a situation in their life, they're stuck, the tarot will give give them different perspectives on that situation, perhaps different ways of looking at a situation they've never considered before. Um, so tarot's kind of developed or developing past, you know, the, the fortune teller image. Um, mediumship, I don't rely on spirit coming through and telling me the future. I mean, they're really good at it and it's happened you know, thousands of times probably where they've come through and done that. The only reason I'm always slightly careful about it, though, is because if, if I'm reading for a family member, um, they are going to come through and um, talk about that family member and that family member's future. And it's unlikely your grandmother's going to come through and tell you you're going to have a rubbish year. The dog's going to get hit by a car next week. Um, you know, they just wouldn't. Why would they do it? So I'm always right. kind of I, I have to kind of go, OK, there's an emotional side to the family coming through. So they're, they're going to be they're maybe not as objective about somebody's future as the cards. Cards have no emotional connection to the person that's really? so, having the reading. So here's a question. Is yeah. the future pre-written or is there free will or is the free will what your future is always going to be? It's a combination of the two. I think there's fixed points in our life, how we get from one fixed point to the next fixed point. And that can be 20 years between fixed points, but it's kind of, we make that, we make those decisions. We find that route. I think there are certain fixed points Certainly when I'm reading cards, the time frame sometimes between those fixed points might slip a little bit there, but they're going to get there. Um, the free will um, question is, you could often get, you know, not so much nowadays, but back in the day, I used to get clients who were really nervous about tarot cards, and you're not going to tell me anything bad, are you? Um, right, right. Really, that question is literally, you're not going to tell me if I'm going to die next week, are you? That's really what they mean. Um, and, if, you know, Touch wood, this has never happened. But if I turn over somebody's cards and they were getting hit by a number 27 bus two weeks next Tuesday, um, they just wouldn't have to go out of the house that day. And they would change the whole course of, of course, things. I mean, you know, wow. very rarely wow. going to get it as black and white as that. But, you know. But has that you, happened? Has that you, happened? Right? Like, has that, like. There's been situations where somebody's, where somebody's been heading towards something. Um, really? Because the cards have kind of gone, oh, oh. actually, almost. It would happen. I'm not going to say in every reading, but a lot of, you know, a large proportion of readings where somebody's on a course of action and the cards are going to go, in, uh -uh, um, maybe think about doing that way. And it's, um, and it's changed direction. It's, it's to me, it, it's really what the cards are there 
for is a sense of guidance, a sense of it's it's like a it's like a coaching tool, a life coaching tool nowadays, used as proper in its proper way. It is it's a tool for transformation. Um, so if somebody is you know stuck or heading in the wrong direction, the cards will kind of flag that up and go maybe have a look at it, think about it going this way instead. So is um, it in, is tarot interpretive, or is it is it black and white? Uh, no, it's it is interpretive. I mean, it, I always describe tarot is 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 an art. Um, you know, if you've got if you've filled a room full of artists and told them to all paint a picture of a of as of flowers, they're all going to be completely different. Um, so, tarot is is interpretive. Absolutely. I mean, the basic truths should be there. Um, you know, there, you shouldn't get six tarot readers saying completely opposite um, things. There should be a basic um, area in the middle. But how they how they describe it and how they're going to get to that um, information will differ from tarot tarot reader to tarot reader and the fact is i mean the tarot in my opinion has been kind of i was gonna say disguised maybe not the right word but there's been so much mysticism right. and mumbo jumbo and i'm trying not to swear here but so much crap that's been written about you tarot. can curse you can good, curse good, on the show good, 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 because we're only 10 minutes into it <laughs> that's that's good for me uh, <laughs> but uh but there has been i mean it's you're going back 100 years i mean tarot is been distorted so so much and um, that's it's almost become for somebody picking up a deck of tarot cards and going to the books it's almost been impossible to learn um because it's been so yeah there's been so much chucked at it so many different people's points of view so much mysticism there's been there's i've gotten tower readings in like hotel psychics right yeah. like I, where like local hotels or have like these psychics and they're pulling the cards and it's so generic right yeah. it's like there's a change in your career coming up and yeah. you know, there's some creative side to you that you're flourishing and it, but then I had a reading with you and you were not generic at all. No. You were so specific that you was going on with precise. stuff. Yeah. So precise with stuff that was happening in my life. And I found you on Facebook and you know, yeah. I was going, scrolling through Facebook and I saw masterclass with Richard Knight. I'm like, mm. you look like a professional. Like you didn't look like some like, you know, I don't want to say like two bit psychic, like a hotel psychic. Yeah. Like you look like you knew what you were doing, and I, we gave it a shot. And you gave me one of the most insane readings of my life. You, you gave me hope. You gave me a, a career path that, like, I knew was going to happen, but you kind of solidified it. How, how long have you been doing this for? Is the, I mean, you said you've been doing this your whole life. I, yeah, I, I, I was given my first deck of tarot cards when I was four. Um, I didn't really? know whether they were there, but I mean, I've been I, so I 20 years ago, so about 20 years ago, bless you, <laughs> <laughs> double and out of it. Um, but, uh, um, yeah, my first deck of tarot, I've still got them. I, cl I collect tarot decks when I was four, I had no idea. Really? Um, I was a very weird child, um, <laughs> and I, I kind of knew stuff about people that I shouldn't have known. It's sort of you know, it just was things coming in, and there's no filter at that age. It was like, right, um, how did he know that? Why didn't, yeah, etc. So, I guess somebody thought. It'll be a funny idea. Give the weird child a deck of tarot cards at the age of four. I, they were just pretty color, colorful pictures. Right. Um, I only knew what they were for, strangely, because of a James Bond film when I was seven, Live and Let Die, where they used tarot cards. I went, oh, is that what they're for then? Um, was so what they were doing there. And that's so, yeah, pretty much started to read tarot cards when I was seven. Um, wow. Um, and yeah, my route through this has not been the normal route that. I guess most people that you will run into the new were age. You, were you ever trained to read tarot or you were just kind of 
found your and, own way? Uh, a bit at the beginning by my grandmother, who was um, uh, clairvoyant up in Scotland. Um, wow. Then I knew, I trained myself, but I, I kind of threw myself in the deep end. At that point, I was living in a, be, be, be careful how I phrase this, not a great area of England, very industrial, very down to earth, very cool, cool steel mines, coal mines. Yeah. Um, so at the age of 15, I'd go into pubs with a deck of tarot cards, sit there, put the cards in front of me um, to make some money. Um, wow. And you kind of got to be good or you're going to end up in the you know, pavement on your backside very quickly. Um, so, you know, when I talk to my students, I kind of go, it's a great way of learning, but I wouldn't recommend it. Um, right. uh, but you learn to be able to read the cards accurately very quickly um you know within a minute if you're not if you're if you're not connected to the person you're trying to read they would just walk away and um so it was a great way great way of doing it um i guess the closest i've had to have a teacher or a mentor was um a gentleman who lived in um paris who was very much an underground tarot reader um gentleman called keppel um who was like almost a mythical figure he, he, he wouldn't he'd he would appear about midnight in kind of Montmartre areas really? of Paris. Wow. Looking at the hermit from a tarot deck. He, he, he had a limp and he was carrying a big big stick like that. And He looked like the hermit? He, he looked like the hermit. hermit. Yeah, absolutely. Really? Um, yeah, and he'd just appear and um, and no one knew which bar he was going to be in. He'd just sit, he'd just find a bar, sit there, and there'd wow. be a queue of 20, 30 people just waiting. Really? And they'd, they'd, you know, it was like the Pied Piper. They'd follow him around until he just decided. And whichever bar he went to, the bar owner thought that's been made for the rest of the night now this place is going to be packed um and he's the best i've ever seen absolutely best i've ever seen is, he, is he still around no no i think he passed about 15 years ago um, did he write any books are there no, any books on no, no. really that you literally had to you had to get to know him and took me about six months of going back you know from the uk to to sit with him um, that'd be a great documentary me. yeah yeah there was some like information was, on him. six months it was like he'd share little bits and pieces of uh of his meanings for the cards and it's kind of underpinned a lot of what i do um just now but um but yeah he was the best by a long shot um that you know he if in a standard tarot reading if somebody was selecting 10 cards they get to he'd get to three cards i can't do it i can't do it in french but they get to three cards you go enough i know all about you boom 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 three cards and he would just spend half an hour based on three cards describing this person's life in absolute detail so do you have to do you have to have intuition for that or is he yeah, yeah. i mean when i teach i mean i always say to, to people you know there is a magic with the tarot tarot will work itself on some level um and and there's good psychological reasons why the tarot works there's also the kind of what well, the how is that working uh, with cards because there's something about them but if you work with tarot long long enough you will by nature develop develop um intuitive abilities it's like going to the gym if you lift with you know if you lift weights long enough you're going to build muscle if you if you read tarot cards you're going to build your intuition the two things go hand in hand um but where i think a lot of tarot readers go wrong they entirely rely they don't bother they don't put the groundwork in learning what the cards actually mean they rely purely on when i look at a card something will pop into my mind which is great if you do a reading one reading a month but if you're doing eight or nine or ten a day yeah, you can't. You have to have the underpinning of actually understanding what the cards mean and be able to interpret right. them properly. So, do you, hold on one sec, Mike. So, I, <laughs> the Eric do you, show. Do you, I'm sorry, I have a lot of questions. <laughs> I have a million yeah. questions too. Write them down. Do you think that there's an awakening happening, or do you think that is it the age of Aquarius, or is it just high speed internet? Uh, um, good question. 
I, yeah, because I'm old enough, I've been I've been through obviously not the last eighteen months. No one's been through the last eighteen months with COVID, etc. But um, but I've been through enough times, probably two or three times, where there's been a resurgence in interest. Um, so yes, to an extent, I, I genuinely thought at the beginning of um, 2020, when I, you know, when the shit hit the fan with COVID, etc., this this is going to be awakening. People are going to suddenly start realizing there's more to life than what they were doing before. This is going to shake people up. Right. Um, and I've kind of gone to that point, and I think for for a group of people, possibly a significant group of people, that has been the case of they don't want to go back to life um, they were before. But I'll be honest, I kind of having gone through and read for a lot of people, it's kind of gone. I think people just want their normality back to get it. So I don't, I think for spiritual people it has been a major awakening. I think for the majority of the public, no, they just want, they just want their holidays back and they just want to be able to travel. And it's just, they want to, yeah, I don't, my personal belief, I don't think it's been as much of a awakening as I was hoping it was going to be um, right. uh, there, but that's human nature, isn't it? People just like security and like stability. But I think for certainly from the, the classes point of view, master classes in the academies I teach, yeah, I mean, for the people that uh, are open spiritually and wanting to find, uh, yeah, there's been a huge, huge wave of interest um, uh, going um, there. But yeah, that search for answers, I think, yeah, I think for the majority of the public, maybe I'm just jaded. Maybe it's different than the UK. I don't know. UK. I want no. There's been a huge awakening, I think, in in the states for spirituality. Eric and I are kind of leading that charge. We yeah. we want people to know that, like, this whole birth to death thing, like, was cool for a little bit, but like, yeah. there's something so much bigger. So we lost we lost our father, and he came mm -hmm. through the reading with you and everything, and it was it was mind blowing. In another session we had with another medium. The, um, and I kind of want to just jump back to Tower real quick. Mm. Um, he told me that, you know, magic is real. Archangels are real. Uh, the Kabbalah is real. And I'm not getting all religious here. Like, we're not mm. religious people. We're spiritual people. Mm -hmm. And then I started researching about the Kabbalah. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right. And there's a huge component of tarot in the Kabbalah. Yep. Do you, do you like, do you correlate the two? Because I know that when we were talking, it, nothing was about Kabbalah and Archangels. It was more about it's, tarot, tarot. It's been uh yeah the, the kabbalah has been brought in to the tarot i mean the tarot has a much less interesting history than people would like to believe it has. right it's it's an italian card game from 15th century um that's um it. yeah that's kind of where the tarot cards <laughs> come from um uh but i don't think i i i'm not one of these people that will just layer mysticism i kind of i kind of like to know exactly what it is that i'm working with etc right um but they were but the cards have been designed in a very um very clever way very insightful way um uh but they were a card game you can still go to italy and buy and, and play the game um to rocky mm -hmm. it's 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 still um uh, it's still around um and then about um yeah late 19th century beginning 20th century you're getting a lecture here now <laughs> you're on oh, i want to hear this like this is what it's all about but, but, but um there were there were a few people. Um, it went from Italy to France, um, uh, the deck, um, and there's a few people who picked it up and started using it for what we would call fortune telling. No, but it wasn't used as for prior to that. It wasn't. Uh, it was just a a card deck um, that was created for the, the very rich nobility back in Italy. So the so it, you know it was around for four hundred years before it ever became fortune telling tool. And they kind of to make it a little bit more interesting, the history of it, things were 
built into it. Um, you know, uh, the Kabbalah was connected to it. Um, and you know, I'm not taking anything away because if it adds a depth to have the interpretation of the cards, then that's that's great. I mean, the most popular deck um, that most people are familiar with, the kind of so I've got tarot decks everywhere in my office. The Rider Waite deck, which is the one that you have is, that behind you, Eric. You have the yeah. Eric. You have the Golden Dawn deck. Is that it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Rider Waite. Yeah, it's the Rider Waite's pretty much become the basic template from most modern tarot decks. Um, right. And when that was designed, they basically chucked the you know everything you know including the kitchen sink mysticism wise at that deck um to make it look appealing and make it um i'll be honest i'm not a great fan of that deck but it's the one that's most commercially available um it's the one i teach i use it to teach with because most people are familiar with it so um go ahead yeah so so um yeah so it's probably in the last 150 years that most of the mysticism has been added to tarot deck i prefer to think of it as it originally was i mean it's been a, it's a, been a very cleverly designed deck um i described the tarot deck as containing every life every human life story from beginning of time to the end of time um within the pages of it um and it's i would your people go yeah but then you do the statistics and you work out you know if you're doing a 10 card reading celtic cross which is a you know anybody does the tarot will know the celtic cross because it's the one that's done all of it you know there's something like four quintillion uh, possible possible ways of laying out 10 cards from a 78 deck card deck so right. you say it does have every human life story in it yeah it does because it, it's the hero's it. journey that's what i've that's what i've been learning and reading is that like the yep. fool cool um, uh, you know i write i write screenplays i write books yep. and you know we we spoke mm-hmm. about this but like the hero's journey is a fool starting his journey right. and then you know meeting the magician meeting mm-hmm. the high priestess and learning from them and then coming back around the other way a, a changed person that's what the tarot journey is am yeah, i right 22 major account absolutely yeah it's, it's, yeah it's a story through life um yeah it does have yeah so the the variations in the deck um yeah are almost limitless you know you're never going to get to the end of the least have you ever had the same two no never had the same two t- same 10 cards i've never Never had the same, and all the times you've read, there's never yeah, been the yeah, same. Yeah. And I, I think I've got 80, I, last count, a journalist worked out, I must have read for over 82,000 people um, oh so God, far. No. Uh, no. You'll see the weirdest thing, and this is what I said before, there's something about the tarot deck and how it works, which is weird, because occasionally if I'm reading for members of um, the same family, I, out of 10 cards or 15 cards, whatever I'm reading, half of them will come up the same. So you I can't. You must be connected to that person. You must be connected to that person. That's not. That's no coincidence. There. So, I. That's that's the bit of the tarot that I can't explain, and no one can explain how the hell that happens. Um, but it is. There's. There's. Yeah. There's a whole section of. Yeah, and when I teach it, you know, there's a point where I kind of go right. I can't explain this bit, but I'm going to show you something. Um, wow. Um, and no matter what section of the tarot deck I will use, it keeps coming up with the same message in the same reading. Um, um, again and again, I've been teaching it terrible for years now, and I do it every time, and it's never failed me yet. And I'm thinking, I can't explain that; it just does it. Really? Um, so it's just—it's just to explain. It's just to show people there is a point in the deck. Trust, trust the cards; they know what they're doing. It's uh, you know one of the ways I teach tarot card uh, tarot reading to people is just get out of the way and let them do what they're meant to do. You know, right. Don't complicate it. You—you um, you said to me during our reading, you said that I had a lot of a lot of similar 
not the same cards, but similar cards as I don't want to mention names if we're yeah. allowed to or not allowed to, but one I'm of the top, no, I'm not, yeah, one of the top writers, yeah, 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 top writers in the world. And he, you were like, I read for this person, I did, yeah, in Edinburgh. yeah. A and do you remember what my cards were? I don't want to make the show about me. <laughs> it's one of those strange things. It's like, it's like, it's like mediumship readings. Generally speaking, as soon as it's, it's out. Yeah, you it's can't over, retain all that. You can't not, retain not all that. that. Even I could bump into the person I'm reading for half an hour later and I wouldn't know them. It just, really? it's not, it doesn't stay. Nothing stays. Really? Um, I guess it can't, right? Like it's just, it would drive you nuts. So you're just like a pass through. Yeah, it's not coming from me. So, I mean, the cards may be slightly differently, but certainly mediumship, it's not coming from me. It's coming through me. So it's like, yeah, right. if I'm doing um, events, you know, there's kind of 100, 200 people there. And somebody comes up at the end going, oh, that was great. When you said this, I won't, A, I won't remember I talked to them, and B, I will have no clue what, even if it was just 20 minutes ago. I will really? not. I, I, couldn't pick, I couldn't pick them up my line out, line out the people I've talked to. Really? I was going to ask, how has tarot affected you? So is, is giving all these readings give affected your life at all? Um, yeah. I mean, the, the honest answer is because I've, I've done nothing but. I am now so right-brained. Um, I live in that intuitive, creative side of the brain that I barely can function. <laughs> but, you know, I have to have it. Fortunately, I've got assistants around me who will do all that sort of stuff there because I just cannot. I just to switch back really is yeah. And it's it's yeah. When I have to do the the accounts and the taxes and that sort of stuff, I've got to go do it because I don't understand. Yeah, I cannot. I cannot. I can barely add a column of numbers up and get it right. My brain just will not switch back into that. Really? Area. So fifty-six really? years of just constantly being in in right brain means yeah that so critical you're, you're brain dialed brain. in all you're dialed in all the time basically yeah yeah i mean i can force myself out of it for brief periods of time when i have to um like at the beginning of covid i suddenly had to learn all the technology to be able to do this and the lighting and all the software so i can do it if i have to but i, I can't stay there very long it just it just did you did take us back to 2018 2019 did you see the calamity that 2020 was did the, were there cards that were coming out going, yeah. uh, this is something there was, weird there's, here? There's two, two things. First thing was, and it's weird because obviously never seen it in the, all the years before, is everybody's cards started looking, everybody's reading started sounding the same. Um, it's like, I remember saying to so many clients, it's like somebody's just pressed the pause button on your life. Nothing's happening. Um, almost every reading, and it, it became more and more and more. And it, to the point I was questioning myself, Come on, am I doing this wrong after all these years? Why is nothing happening? And it was like the pause button had been hit. And then the closer to the end um, of 2019 into 2020, the kind of January, then there was things picking up going, this is not nice. Whatever this is, this is not nice. I didn't know it was a virus because I'd, I, you know, I'd got nothing to compare it against. I'd never seen, no one had ever seen a virus in the scale on, on tarot cards. So thinking this is not good, whatever this is. Um, right. But it was the it was the similarity between every reading, which kind of, went, once we're in the middle of lockdown, thinking, oh, that makes sense. Everybody's doing pretty much the same thing. Everybody's stuck in their house and can't do anything and watching Netflix or whatever. Um, right. So so it made sense, but it was weird because obviously I've never, never ever seen it before. Um, I wanted to shift gears a little bit. Um, yeah. You teach classes on, or you give sessions on, um, on past lives? Yeah, yeah, I used to do, um, I used to do past lives. My background is also as a hypnotherapist. Um, wow. um, I, yeah, I've been all over the place. Uh, you but, do it all. Um, you do it all, Richard. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I've got degrees. I've got masters in psychology, et cetera, et cetera. Mainly everything's been, I do it all, but everything's been in a 
quite a na narrow path. It's all to do with kind of mind understanding and um, uh, there. But so I used to do past life sessions. I still do the occasional one now. Um, but yeah, I train and, and teach people to um, to to both give um, deliver past life sessions, um, even using tarot tarot cards to access past lives. Um, uh, I create meditations. Right, I've just done one this morning. Um, really? For yeah, a lot of guided imagery work. Um, because I've done nothing else, um, I have a fairly specific path that I've gone through myself and, and it's not all myself. I've worked with parapsychologists over, over the years. So I've got a fairly narrow path that kind of just works for people wanting to develop psychically and wanting to experience stuff. Um, I'm the biggest problem in this area is there's so many new bright and shiny things that people kind of go running after. Mm -hmm. I want to learn that one, learn that. And yeah, uh, maybe I'm just bossy. I kind of go, well, do you want to learn? To develop or not in that case you know, don't run after the next bright and shiny thing there's there is a defined path to do it um uh which so that i developed or i've helped to develop um and that and i, I do the same with tarot you want to learn to do tarot this is how you do it um can anyone uh, learn tarot in yeah, yeah. master class yeah, anyone I, my master class the master classes in the academies there are people that would absolutely tell you they they're not psychic i mean they, they'll now go i'm getting i'm much more intuitive but but um, they just wanted to learn about the tarot and how to learn to um, read the tarot cards. Um, and, you know, I, I teach the system that I use. I, I, don't, I, I wouldn't be able to teach a system, anybody else's system. So I teach the, um, and it seems to gel for most people, they can actually learn and pick up a deck of tarot cards and be able to deliver readings, good readings, relatively quickly doing it. Um, uh, last weekend, um, I was with somebody who had knew about tarot, knew vaguely about tarot, and within about four hours, um, I had a reading three card combinations really, really well for people. So it's 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 a skill. Reading tarot cards is a skill. From that, will branch out intuition, which is the next layer. You know, you you learn the meanings of the cards. You learn how to make them, the meanings flow. You trust in the cards that they're actually going to connect to somebody, and then the next layer is that intuitive layer, which will come. I, I, I spend a lot of time teaching. Uh, you know, also how to connect with intuition, um, uh, exercises just to quieten down that critical chattering monkey brain so you can actually <clears throat> connect with intu intuition. Um, and that's the next level. You know, that's that's really where the, the tarot reading will, will jump um, uh, with that. And it all, can all be learned. Everybody's intuitive. Is Everybody. it used tarot for yourself? Can, like, is it for yourself or it's always for someone else? Oh, generally always for somebody else, simply because it's like any form of psychic reading it's very difficult to do it for yourself or anybody you know really well anybody you've got an emotional investment in like family because you can't be objective right um mm -hmm. you know because it's an interpretive thing you you're never wanting to see something bad for somebody i mean there's two reasons why i won't do it one is i don't want to see anything bad but in several cases where i've broken my rule i've also discovered things about people that i know that i wish i didn't know um really yeah um and like once it's there it's there um it's like learning somebody's secrets and you know if anybody asks me who I, who is a friend or too close that's the reason i'll give them i might find out things about you you don't mean, you don't want me to know now you really? usually make some back off quite quickly can you give us an example of something that you read with someone that you weren't supposed to know yeah um uh they're uh bearing running through a list of things i can share that's not going to get me into trouble um use yeah, aliases a while ago, but um it were, I was reading for um, for somebody 
and they pushed and pushed and pushed and it was going to be a fun thing at, at a party um and i think i probably had a bit to drink to, to agree to do it and i put the cards out and discovered very quickly this entire this person's entire history had been invented by themselves they, they completely created an entire backstory that wasn't real. I mean, literally everything we knew about them and this group of friends knew about them was complete rubbish. Um, yeah, their, their childhood they talked about wasn't their child wasn't the childhood they completely reinvented. Them. They were frauds. And, so tarot is is it your intuition that's figuring it out, or is it literally the cards? It, the the cards will do it themselves. The, the thing with the cards, I mean, there's this, there's a good psychological reason why the cards will work. Um, you know, to take it away completely to do with mysticism, there's a very strong um, reason why um, the cards will work because um, it just plugs into experiences we all go through as human beings. Um, I spend quite a lot of my time now um, working with companies or CEOs who may have a question about something, not necessarily about themselves, but a product, and the cards will give them different ways of looking at things. It's, it's uh, called conceptual blending. So there's, there's a scientific reason why cards will work. Um, to give you, you know, give you different, yeah, different ways of viewing a situation that you may not have considered before. It's almost a creative exercise, um, and that's very useful when you're working with an individual who's stuck in a situation. To kind of, you know, they can't see a way forward or something, or they're thinking about starting a business and they can't see what they should do. You know, if you're reading the cards properly, you can give them other ideas or other ways of other viewpoints that, yeah, um, that might just spark off uh, something in their head. Um, um, but but yeah, I mean, this, as I teach you, there's three layers. There's the, the cards psychologically working, which is also why it's an extremely good coaching tool. Most of the people that I train now are probably heading towards using it in the arena of coaching, whether it's spiritual coaching or life coaching, because it's probably the best tool out there just to get. Um, people need that. Yeah, yeah. Hold on one sec. Is it dangerous to rely yeah. on the cards too much? Ah, right. Okay. That's a different question. Um, yeah. Um, I think it's dangerous to rely on anything external to yourself. Um, danger, I think it's dangerous to rely on Google um, to give you answers to anything. So it's it's the same question. Yeah. Um, and actually, it's when I, you know, the, the academies I, I, um, I, I set up, I, I probably preach this too much. People are probably sick of it. But I preach really strongly the ethics behind it. I mean, my whole, my whole approach has been to try and move the tarot away from the fortune teller yes towards this is a yeah i could tell you names of people extremely well-known ceos biggest ceos in the world who consult tarot consultants wow that's amazing uh, well, yeah i mean I, yeah. that's people that's have, what john like, people have people have been doing it for for all time right like kings that's and what queens, john d john d was had magicians yes yeah. john d was the necromancer for queen yeah, yeah. elizabeth yeah, yeah, right. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's been, it's been, yeah. Spiritual I mean, advisors. We should get yeah. that, Eric. We should have a spiritual advisor for for our company. I mean, we kind of do, right? I like, mean, yeah. I mean, we have a lot of contacts in that in that world yeah. now. But yeah, but so yeah, for, moving for business people, you know, it's it's interesting for me because I love, you know, we're I'm big on LinkedIn, and I would love to make a clip for LinkedIn regarding business and tarot. And what can a business person, how can tarot help a business person? I mean, there's there's probably about 30% of my clients that I work with now, CEOs, whatever, that would not let me in the office um, or the building as a psychic. But, right. um, but because I'm using the tarot to help them come up with creative decisions or creative, um, you know, creative thought processes or give them an insight into a situation. 
Um, it's fine. It's just I'm a creative consultant who happens to use the tarot. Um, you know, most of them are usually really interested in one, the psychic side as well. But um, but so yeah, and the tarot's tarot shifted and changed a lot um, in the last fifteen years, and it's one of the reasons I do what I do now, and it was the primary reason behind setting up academies for it. Is like I want to move this from the the fortune teller to you're doing the, it the point where you can walk in you're, where you're where you're consulting with ceos of companies i mean um there um, is a stigma there is there is a stigma it. to the tarot that like when again you're in that hotel and the, they're like they're pulling these cards going your career is changing it's like dude like why did i pay 20 bucks for this and the, you know? the fact is the vast majority of readers out there, out there are not very good right. because it's one of those tools you could pick up and you can sort of read the tiny little book that comes with it um, yes. which is rubbish um <laughs> Uh, don't get me going. And there, and there, I make myself very unpopular with entire tarot. Are you you gonna you have to write a book, Richard? I'm looking on you, know, you on Amazon. Do you have a book? Not you know all my all my books. The books I've written are all pulled into the academy now. The only source, the only way I'm going to share information now is there's going to be an autobiography that um coming out next year. Great. Um, uh, but but the all the tarot stuff is in the academy now simply because about a year before um COVID and lockdown. I was going to write a book, but I was looking at tarot books and it's not a great way of teaching tarot. Um, you've got to mm. see it. You've got to see Why? somebody else do it and, and follow oh. their thought process as well. So the academies and the masterclasses were kind of on the back burner before you know, the world shut down. I thought, right. okay, this is <laughs> sign from above. This is the time to do it. Um, and it works so far, it's so so much. But I, I'm going to, a lot of people won't like this, but I genuinely don't think you can read, you can learn to read tarot well from a book. Um, really? And most books are not. Oh God, this is going to be. This is this is why I don't have any many many friends in the industry. Um, most tarot reading tarot books have not been written by tarot readers who have done thousands of readings. Right. Um, I bought tarot books, Richard, on Amazon. I want to. And they, yeah. I didn't know what the hell they were talking nope. about. Nope. I didn't get it. I I I was on your masterclass. I'm like, oh, this is this is easy. It is. It's easy. It's it's not complicated. No, it's, it's not. not. And the and the books make it hard. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's also full of the dragon, the mysticism, the background stuff that it I, you know, it's fascinating it. to read. But it won't actually make you a good tarot reader. And my whole point, the whole point of doing what I do and teaching what I teach is, let's make you a good tarot reader. And then if you know if and if you want to take it further and build up a practice and do this professionally, this is the way you do it. Professionally, you know, this is how you do it professionally. This is the ethics of it. Um, and you know, we pull in marketing experts that normally, you know, a tarot reader or, a, or somebody building a psychic practice would never get access to. Um, right. And go, and this is how you do the marketing of it properly on Facebook and do it ethically, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, just, I just want to say one thing. Um, back when you read me, and this, when I, I tell people, I'm like, you got to get a, a Richard Knight reading because there's life before Richard and then there's life after Richard. A reading. And a reading. Right. Can right. I interrupt just slightly there? They're going to struggle at the moment because the one thing I've put on hold just now is doing private session work. It might happen again next year, but so many projects on the go, something had to come. I of... get it. No, I get it. I get it. I get it. You did something that was mind blowing. You drew a picture of my father. I don't know if you remember that. I do actually because I don't normally do automatic drawing, automatic writing every session, but I am. Um, I cannot yeah. <laughs> to save myself. You drew, no. I mean, this is this. It's the essence of my father it's a comic book drawing yeah this is this right. is who our father let me put it up there okay so oh, you, wow. you literally you drew our oh, father wow. so automatic writing what hold on one second yeah, go ahead. When, when during that reading you're like he's he's right over here 
and yeah. he's like drummy 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 yeah is that is that automatic writing or is yeah, that the, the, like, yeah, what, I mean, how does that work as i set up snare here is the pad will have been below my right hand so when i'm talking to people that that hand is constantly scribbling on this pad of paper um and i can remember the session because i remember i'm not writing my hand's doing something else here and it was you know and there are times in sessions i'm going oh, okay this is weird now i'm drawing something but the thing is um i i cannot look at it until it's finished because if i look at it that critical brain is going to kick in going oh my god you're drawing something and it'll completely kick me out of intuitive flow so i'm talking and the, and the hand will be drawing and until i know it's done i have no idea what i've just drawn and i have no idea how it relates or what it relates um, really yeah um most so, automatic writing i will not, not so be let's aware talk of. yeah let's talk automatic writing we've mm. um we're, we're friendly we've interviewed twice um a gentleman by the name of michael sandler yep um yeah. have you ever been on a show before no we got to introduce you. He inspire nation, inspire he, nation. Absolutely unbelievable. But he wrote a book, automatic writing, right. um, the automatic writing experience. Explain oh, that. Can, can anybody do automatic writing? I think, yeah. Um, uh, can anybody, that's a question. Uh, yes. Anybody that I wants think so. To. I mean, there's always going to be a, a small percentage of people that for whatever reason are completely blocked from doing it or the biggest hurdle. Um, I think for automatic writing, is people freaking themselves out right. um what I is automatic write, writing? I talk about a lot between you know right and left brain and the moment um the moment your critical mind's grabbed grabbed onto what you're doing intuitively it's out the window there's a there's a great technique that that i i wish was mine but it's not um uh but i teach that there's between something coming through intuitively and your critical brain grabbing it and trying to make sense of it, there's a three second window and you have to work within that three second window. It was used a lot when um, they were training people for remote, remote viewing, that three second window. Um, and it's kind of key to a lot of the stuff that I do is like, you know, whatever's coming through, write it down, whatever, fast, do not involve critical mind. because you. Um, and that's where most people stumble with automatic writing. Something will start coming through and it's, it takes a lot of self-discipline not to kind of start looking at what, what your hand's writing. And as soon as you do, your brain's kind of going, oh, that looks a bit like an A, or it could be an S, and you're out of it. You're out of it. So it's, it's that's the, yeah, that's the biggest hurdle. Most so what can automatic writing be used for? So are you getting that from spirit or is... Two, two sources. Um, uh, one is purely your own intuition, finding a way of, of expressing itself. Um, uh, it's a bit like, if you ever used a pendulum, it's the same thing. The pendulum is just basically an external. Here you go. This shit, this shit is so accurate. I know. I did. <laughs> I did pendulum I, last year during COVID. I'm like, is my son gonna have a bar mitzvah? And like, this thing was going yeah. like this. And like, I wasn't even trying to do it. Right. Pen, pendulum is an amazing tool. I always have a pendulum with me. I have that. I always carried for about thirty years. Ago that I always had a pendulum with me. Oh my god, but, I lo love but it, the pendulum. But, I mean, what pe what pendulum is and is is a way of your intuition externally demonstrating what it. Yeah, so it's, I mean, I would say a pendulum by itself, dependent on what it's made of, I guess, um, but pendulum itself is a tool. It, it just, you know, it's a way of, your, of yeah, the, your intuition demonstrating what it wants you to know. And on one level, automatic writing can be that. Um, it's a bit more advanced, but that can be your intuition expressing itself there. But also the other part of automatic writing is when spirit will come, come come through and there's a qualitative difference you can tell the difference between your intuition doing it um and spirit doing it you're aware there's some some other energy there 
who is now in in control is a bit of an exaggeration, but the information is coming through um, from an external source to yourself. Um, but automatic writing can be, for me, it's one of those things, probably when I retire, I'll develop it more because for me, everything has to be very functional because this is what I do for a living. This is what I've always done for a living. So it's like trying to get accurate information through to somebody, the client, almost as fast as possible and reliably. Um, I would love to be able to sit down and, and use automatic writing to write a book or to write poetry there. But for me, an automatic writing session can, I can fill two sides of A4 up, but it, it'll be, the, it'll be names. It'll be whatever. So do you think automatic writing is the greatest artists of all time or musicians? Um, the, the writers, um, is it, it, it 100%. sometimes, it, even if you're creative in business, sometimes things just come into your head and you're like that I, where did that come from is yeah. that is that mozart is that exactly and tesla was the same said yeah it was already there with basically i'm paraphrasing very clumsily it was already there yeah i, I just i just channeled it through and I, you know, so everybody I've, everybody in in yeah. some sense does automatic yeah it's there right it's, it's already it's there you're just accessing it you're i will through. i will jump in here real quick when i write it's it like my mind goes blank and the stuff that's coming yeah. out of my fingers onto the keyboard. I, I'm not thinking of this when it's mm. happening. It's it's just happening. It, you're pulling it from somewhere else. This is not you thinking, oh, he's going to say yes. He's going to say no. There's something there's something bigger at play here when you're doing something creatively. I could say it's that, that for myself. It's that idea of the Akashic Records or infinite intelligence or whatever yeah that it's already there um i absolutely believe that that um you know there's a global there's a universal store of intelligence that we can tap into um without exception every, i think every songwriter or writer that i've met has all, all, all said that there have been points where it just flows without any effort it's amazing uh, so so yeah. what we're on to celebrity now besides yeah. me what other celebrities because I'm not there yet, I have to say. I'm going to get there. But I, I, I don't know if you can divulge. No, I, it's one of those things. I tell you, I, I, my way of approaching it is I don't. I would never talk about somebody who lives two streets away in their reading. So I kind of, I kind of have that same rule for everybody. Okay. There. But you've read for celebrities who weren't celebrities and then became celebrities? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he probably yeah. read for people that weren't successful in business or didn't have a family, and then have a family and oh, yeah. were successful in business. I mean, it's you know, it's it's you're projecting what you want, Mike, but everyone's always projecting whatever they would want in life, right? Yeah, but I think I think that's part. You know, with with as a tarot reader, you kind of got to be truthful. Somebody's kind of people have got these expectations of what they want the cars to say. And sometimes you've got to go, sorry, that's not what's going to happen. <laughs> you know, have a plan B, you got to, cause that's life, isn't it? So um, I don't think as a tarot reader, you'd get very far if you just told people what they wanted to hear all the time. Cause like you'd be back two years time going, well, that never happened. Where's my big mansion? Um, right. So you've got to, you, 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 I, you tell them what's on the cards, basically. Um, you know, what what are you actually seeing? And at, at times when you're doing it, thinking you're not going to like this. This is not what I. This is not what you were dreaming with about. But and you know, I, and I do occasionally finish readings, kind of when somebody's been told something they didn't really want to hear. You know, I'm kind of going. You know, I hope I'm wrong because I. You know, I hope I'm wrong, and it and you get what you what you really want there. But I can only tell you what I'm saying. Um, uh, that's a, that, that's got to be such a bummer. 
it, it doesn't have, yeah, but again, it's it's that 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 you you've got to be honest and say what say what you're actually looking at on the cards. Then I mean, it goes back to why I said for there's so many not very good tarot readers out there right. who will just yeah who will either run out of things to say and start making making shit up um, basically um, um, or or are they doing what feels like a very boring reading thinking I better make this a bit more dramatic um, and they'll start bringing in oh you're going to lottery next year. I also I have, you, have you done that? Oh, one second about the yeah. lottery, Eric. Have you have you said? I mean, you you told me stuff which I'm hoping is going to come true in yeah, the next yeah. two or three years. Yeah, but yeah. like, have you said to someone you're going to hit the lottery? Like, actually, this the only time that's ever happened in the UK, it must be over twenty years ago, when the lottery just started. Um, uh, I read for three people in the first six months, and it's a bit like COVID because the lottery had never existed in any shape or form in the UK. I didn't know what I was looking at. It was just like there was three people were thinking, well, there's a lot of money coming, <laughs> you know, coming into your life. Things are going to change. And there's like 200000 pounds 300000 pounds whatever. Um, I mean, I never read for somebody who won 10 million. Um uh but I didn't know what it was. It just says a lot, yeah, because I didn't know what the lottery should look like on tarot cards. Mm -hmm. It just yeah. Um after the third time, I did promise myself the next time I saw that set of cards, I'd just be very casually asking them what numbers they played um because i'd be doing the same thing i'd be playing their numbers on saturday as well <laughs> but, um but that's but, where like that's where the, the the skeptics come in right that's when you have people like penn and teller who come and go well if they're psychic and if they can read the future why can't they just predict the lottery numbers and me personally like i don't believe in lottery like you make well, your own you make your own lottery. there's a very easy answer to that one that um, they don't like hearing um because i've been friends with a lot of skeptics over the years they don't like hearing this going yeah but I'd, you do you do a reading on a person you know, although I was joking, the next time I see that on the cards, I'll be asking what the lottery numbers are. Um, yeah, you'd have to be reading for somebody who's going to win the lottery, right? You can't, just, yeah, because that's the connection to the person. That's you can't just pluck out six numbers from midair. Where's that going to come from? You know, right. so the next time I am reading for somebody who wins the lottery, great, I'll go right. Well, the lottery numbers, <laughs> there you go. Um, that, yeah, that's the only way you can do it. It's just you have to have that, you have to have that connection. Like when people say, um, who's going to win a football game? Well, I don't know unless the client sat in front of me is actually playing in that game or very closely connected to somebody who's playing in that game. Then I'll get. Then there's a connection to the event. If there's no connection to the event, then what am I gonna What am I gonna see? It's, so if someone's making a bet on a game, if they're winning money, yeah. I mean, if it's it's if, if it's just, yeah, it's the same thing. If somebody suddenly won quite a lot of money, um, it almost looked like the lottery. Um, but but it wouldn't necessarily. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily know what team it was i mean i have blind spots as well, as a you could you could probably explain this richard because i we've we've had on multiple mediums on the show and we go to mediums often we go to psychics and we kind of weed out the ones who we kind of know that are bs yeah. and the ones who are actually real i have some psychic ability i can't explain it but my entire life i have dreams and i'm talking mm -hmm. about when i'm sleeping in my bed and i go to sleep and i'm dreaming of the future and yep. sometimes it's interpretive. Sometimes it's like, you know, muddled. But for argument's sake, this was, we had this recorded. Tampa Bay, I'm a huge Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. Um, I've been following them for 25 years. And I saw last year, right before, they, about two, three weeks, I recorded. I said, Eric, Tampa Bay is going to win the Super Bowl. I had a dream. I was sleeping. And I saw Tom Brady winning a Super Bowl. I said, it could be this year, it could be next year. But they are going to win a Super Bowl. And it's going to be in their home stadium. And they they won. Is, is that pr cognitive? I can't do that when I'm awake. I can't look at you and say, 
no, you have this and that. I could only do it when I'm sleeping. I mean, the fact is, because when you're sleeping, your intuition's got a free run. So your intuition is is accessing that information. Right. Um, so from for a lot of people, when they have psychic experiences, it often is when they're asleep, because basically the critical brain's not right. getting in the way. Um, then there's nothing, nothing getting in the way of intuition when you're asleep going, oh, that can't be right. Um, you know, right. it just flows. So um, you know, that's why most time when you're when you're developing psychically, you're doing it through a form of meditation. Meditation is such a big, you know, there's two there's two keys to developing psychically. One is meditation, a good meditation practice, and the second one is journaling. Um any any expert on psychic development will tell you those are the two building blocks. Um, really? so meditation slash you know, sleeping, we're in that same ballpark. I mean, a lot of my work um, has been getting people to access fetus state, brainwave state, because yes. that is a sweet spot for it. And it, yeah, I wish it was my my discovery. It was it was the discovery of a parapsychologist I worked with when I was 15, 16 years old in the laboratory who needed me to work reliably every Saturday morning, um, and which at the age of 15, I could barely get my backside out of bed on, on that Saturday morning. So, right. just, so the the put together this meditation thing that would get me working up and running very quickly. And it was speed to state. And I, a lot of the work I do now um, has been built on that. I uh, I run events, um, reu- what's called, what called reunion, which is mediumship, but also my approach to, to a lot of skeptics is kind of going, I can argue, I mean, I've spent you know, a lifetime doing this. You can argue with real hardened skeptics, to so blow in your blow in the face, you're, you're blowing your face. You're never going to change that opinion. And, you know, people like James Randi. James Randi was a friend of mine. I've spent loads of time with James. Really? Randy. You knew James Randi? Yeah, I knew James Randi. Yeah, 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 yeah. How? Oh, how? You guys and are like oil you, and water. Yeah, and yeah, you yeah, You couldn't yeah. convert him? No, no. I mean, I met him when I was 15 years old. Yeah, I mean, with yeah, um, 16 years old down in London, and like because it was friend of friend, and it was the case of like, <clears throat> you know, <laughs> you're, I've got loads of people. Um, uh, even Teller. has he gotten in touch with you? Hold on, you know, right. te- you know Teller too. I've met him a couple of times, yeah, yeah. And it's like, God. it's fine. I mean, you can go right. <laughs> I don't agree with anything you say. I don't, I don't understand what you do. I go, and that's fine. Should we have a drink of a chat about something else? Fine. I mean, Rand, yeah, Randy, off and on. Um, yeah, we chat, we email, etc. It's like it's it's a lot of it is kind of media built in it. A lot of it is media built, and Randy was the consummate showman and right. PR. I mean, Uri Geller is a good friend of mine as well. And those oh two, my God. Those two, yeah. Um, but yeah, behind the scenes, um, you know, there was a symbiotic relationship, um, the two of them. Um, so yeah. So is it keep, is it keeping your friends closer, but your enemies closer? No, really, they were never really enemies. I mean, it's the, the, it's like we could shake hands and kind of, kind of go, yeah. And, and at the end of a drink, it's fine. But like that's they, good. They, they could. Yeah. They couldn't explain everything that you're doing. No, they, no, 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 they no, can't. No, no. that's what skeptics will kind of go. You, you can argue blue in the blue in the face. They will find the most weird and convoluted explanations. I right. mean, you know, I've had when I've been doing events, not like Sir Randy said, but where there's I had a journalist. Oh, this is about 25 years ago. Absolutely convinced that a team of private detectives, detectives who was. <laughs> Who had researched everybody in an audience of two hundred people, until so I sat him down, going, "Work out the work out the the the, the maths on that." And, you know, I wasn't making that much money, but I'd bust within within two weeks if I'd employ 
like 20 private detectives to research this this lot. And then when he looked at it, there was no way of finding out about them or who they were coming along anyway, and who's coming along. So, but they will come out with really convoluted explanations of um, which are, which are, are funny. I mean, it's when you've been doing this for your entire life and you've been often on TV and you, you meet skeptics all the time. And it's, a lot of them are really nice. I've no, I've no problem. I, I respect their opinions. Um, the funniest thing actually, a lot of them, a lot of them may not respect what we do, but they're oh, they're they're fine. They'll have intelligent conversations. The, the, um, I want to say the funniest dynamic our mother's a medium, yeah. and my uncle Kevin is he's he's blind. He's, and he's um, birthed to death, and he's he's birthed to death, and uh, mm -hmm. you know you you can see why he is that way because you know how is there a god if they took his vision, right? Yeah. And. Yeah. But, you know, he's with my mother all day because they work together. They work in our family business and in, in our family car service. And he's our CFO. We call him Rain Man. He's, he's amazing at numbers. Um, and my mom will do a reading. And you'll, he'll hear this person on the other end of the phone or the Zoom with their mind blown. And my mother has never met this person. They're from the UK or they're from yeah. Australia or wherever it is. And our mom's from. not researching them on Facebook, yeah, right? Like, yeah, you know, she's one These of are the most, yeah. things that mm. she's and, and she, and she's reading them. And then I'll go to Kevin. I'm like, explain that. And he's like, I can't. And he's I, a staunch I just, skeptic. I, just, I can't. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm married to an engineer and a scientist. And like, we can't have a conversation about what I do. Cause she goes, I know it works, but it shouldn't work. So we don't talk about it. Right. Uh, so like there's two complete there's a divide line two complete sides of line. Have you been tested scientifically? There's a there was a show on HBO. It was 20 years ago called Life After Life, and George Anderson was on yeah, yeah. Suzanne Northrup. Yeah. And I have the book, The Afterlife Experiments. Mm -hmm. I tell this to it's skeptics right, saying, if you don't believe me, like, I believe in this stuff. This is my life. If you don't believe me, go read the afterlife experiments. They were scientifically tested, yep. double blind placebo tests and everything. And and the mediums were getting at like 98% hit rates. Yeah. Yeah. Have you been scientifically tested? When, 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 first time when I was 15 for about uh, just under a year, uh, two universities in Scotland and one down in, in London. And then um, London for about six months when I was 19. Um, first lot in Edinburgh Woods for mediumship. And they actually created the way that I do certain, certainly stage or platform work. Because I, I, I work differently than most mediums because they created it. They kind of said, you know, you've got to do it this way because it rules out that, it rules out this, and it rules out that. You, you know, um, and this was long before internet or ways of Googling people came up. Um, um, I did it off and on through my, my 20s, and then I kind of got to late 20s and had this kind of a big shift in how I do what I do. And it's the problem with, problem with doing studies, particularly mediumship, is the only result you ever get is, okay, they're accessing information. There's no possible way they could, they could know. That that's as far as you could get because right. they can't go, and information's coming from spirit because there's no way they can test that, prove that. So you only ever get to that kind of, yeah, they're accessing information that there's no way they could know. Kind of, well, yeah, that's what that's what we do. Um, the more interesting part from a medium is, and the the other ninety percent of it uh, is the connection to spirit and how they communicate, etc. But that's not scientifically provable because we don't have any way of testing that yet. Um, I think eighty plus thousand tarot readings that were. All accurate <laughs> is pretty scientifically tested, Richard. Wouldn't you think? But, but, but the interesting thing is, even now, um, you're only good as an as an extra thing you're going to do. Yeah. It's like, so it's, it is that, and it keeps you on your toes. You never, you never get yeah, eighty thousand readings. You never get blasi because 
you're still climbing the mountain again for the next for the next hour for the next client. So, so what's on what's on your roadmap? What what's what's 2021 look like for Richard Knight? 2022. 2022. Um, sorry, um, 21's almost over. The most of my energy now is going into the teaching the masterclasses and the academies. Um, it's something that was it's never been done before in this in this format. So it's literally just testing the waters, and we have over a th well over a thousand people in the two academies now, and I think ten ten thousand plus people have gone through the masterclasses. Um, um, and I really enjoy doing them. Um, we've got more we're building through next year. There's autobiography um that's going to be written which is yeah it's not going to be it's not going to be a typical kind of hay house autobiography um my way my, my way through reading cards has not been that sort of um way through um the uh the uh title working title from my autobiography is tarot from brothels to palaces because i have read oh. for every single place in between oh my <laughs> god so uh so have you, have, you, you read, that, have you read for the queen? You've read for royalty? I'm sorry for interrupting. Yeah. You've read for royalty? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, but yeah. But you're like I've a modern-day John D. I've been, I, I've been, weirdly, you mentioned John D because I'm down in London two weeks time and the, in the British Museum, there's a display of all his stuff. And I, I haven't seen it for years, but because I'm creating something new next year, I need to go back and see there's a scrying mirror that's sitting there. And I need to take a picture I, of it. 100%. I yeah. am obsessed with that stuff. I yeah, love that stuff. What I love about all that is that it's it's everything is hidden in plain sight. Yeah. Once you start realizing what it is, it's everywhere. It's in movies. It's in artwork. It's yeah. in... And and that's what's so phenomenal that it, people have been using it for all time. Led all time. Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin. My you know second yeah. favorite band of all time. Led Zeppelin. And Tool, right? My favorite band of all time. The, the Zeppelin's, uh, uh, I think it's uh, Stairway to Heaven. The album, the cover is the, the Hermit. Yeah, uh, Tyro symbologies. Have, uh, yeah, it's everywhere. Yeah, it's been used ever. It's so, such they're so they're archetypes. So they they were even even in you know if you once you're tuned into it. I was one people that once once they learned Tyro said you're going to see it everywhere. You walk down the street and you will see those images being used in posters even. And railings, you can see how it's been used, and, and yeah, um, it is everywhere. I love what you're doing, Richard. You're you're bringing the tarot to the masses. Yeah, and, and I see why you had to give up on. I don't want to say give up, but scale back your private readings because you can help a lot more people by training more people yeah. to do what you do. That's that, that's the point. I mean, it, it, that's really because you know I'm slowly heading towards semi-retirement. I guess. Um, oh um, man. So, um, but the idea of actually creating, you know, really professional, really ethical tarotists who know what they're doing um, all over the world, because people in the academies and masterclasses are literally every corner of the world. Um, that kind of, re you know, it's a pompous word to say legacy, isn't it? But it's kind of, and also because I've done nothing else for 40 years, you know, in every conceivable place, type of place in the world for every conceivable sort of person um, that you can imagine. Um, and I thought, yeah, it's 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 something I can use to, and it's all about lifting the tarot image away from where it's been for the last 50, 60 years. Quick question before we wrap up. Do we have a death date? Do we know when we're going to die and move on? Nope. Any, any tarot reader or any reader tells you that, put your hand on your wallet and run in the other direction. As fast really? Because as as it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many things that I 
make my blood run cold when I've heard tarot readers tell people. There, there's been points in my life where I probably half the readings that I've had to do have been unpicking something some stupid tarot readers told somebody and panic them. You know, they'll be pregnant three times, but they're only going to have two children. And now they're pregnant with a third child and they think they're absolutely sure they're going to lose it. And you kind of go, go, go back and unpick previous tarot readers. Either, either they just made it up and they're useless or they were looking at the cards completely differently. It's just, it's such... You've got to be so ethically aware, ethically aware of the impact um, of of you know what you're doing as as any form of reader, and I think too many people ignore that fact that you can have a huge impact going for years if you say the wrong thing and you scare somebody. So now, yeah, have I ever read on somebody's cards a death date? No, no, and I've really? never seen anybody. I've never, I've never ever talked to a pro tarot reader or pro psychic who's been doing it and would even look at it it would even think about it i mean it's one of those things why would you ever want to know and i can't see any way you'd you'd find out palm readers used to talk about it um there but again that's yeah is palm but, reading legit it's a great it's a great personality character um it's not so good at looking at the future thousands of palm readers will have a fit now but wow. it's, it, but it's a great way of it's yeah if I had a choice, because I've, I've read palms in, in the past, if I had a choice, I'd use tarot because I can get much more specific in terms of timings of things. With mm -hmm. palm, palms, you can't, palm reading alone, you can't get timings as specific. But it's a great way of looking at somebody's potential, their character, their personality, um, using somebody's palm. And I always ask this um, to uh, mediums that we interview, the afterlife, in your opinion, or in, I guess, in your fact or in your experiences what is it like are we here and there at the same time but one of the one of the um one of the concepts that i think is hardest for us to get our head on is um yeah is the, is the fact there's no time there's no tomorrow yesterday it's it's all the same you know and for most of us we just cannot possibly understand a world where there wouldn't be five minutes time or tomorrow or next year it just doesn't link so um I, for me, the reason I'm just being a bit hesitant because I've never had a situation where, I've, uh, where spirits kind of not been there, where it's kind of gone not here, not here for the next hundred years. I'm living as a cat in Peru. I mean, I've never had somebody not being in. If that makes sense. Um, right. Um, so that the idea of reincarnation being back here again, I don't think it's going to be within our lifetime. If that makes sense, in our 80, 90 years, it can be sometime off there, or potentially, yeah our energy can be in two places uh, at one time i'm really careful about how i describe afterlife because the honest answer is no one really knows and i go i go the other direction there because i am quite a skeptical psychic um there um, so. george anderson said the same thing yeah george anderson he's like i am 95 percent sure everything i'm doing is real yeah, yeah. it's it's, it's the, the fact is i the reason i'm not kind of mainstream new age community, if that's, if that's not a contradiction right. in terms, is because my whole approach has been to kind of going, I don't know how this works. Um, and, you know, human nature, uh, you know, as humans, we have this urge to define, explain everything and label everything. So it's got to work by this and it's got to be different levels we've got to go through to get to. And like, I'm kind of going, I'd rather just kind of go, I, I can explain the bits I know, there is spirit. I know how to connect them. I know how intuition works. I know the bits I understand. And I know um, 
uh, you know, how to use energy and other energy centers, etc. But how it all knits together, I don't, and not, no one knows. And I'd rather just, I'd rather just kind of go, yeah, I'd rather work within my limitations of and not invent things because it, it's a very short road between going, well, it has to work this way and we're going to call it that. And this is the structure around it. And mm -hmm. then a religion comes in going, and we'll have it because it's ours now. And then, and then we'll fight wars um, because you don't think it works that way. It's, you know, and I, it's a lot safer just to go, I don't really know how this all works. And I don't think we can know how, how it works because we don't have any, any, anything to compare it against. You know, that simplest example I would say is, well, think of a world without time. Most of us can. Are there, before, before we wrap it up, are there any bad tarot cards? Like when you get a tarot card and I know like the death card is like, it's, it's like kind of freaky. Are yeah. there any, are, are there any good tarot cards like the magician or the high priestess? I mean, the hermit. The, the one thing is individual tarot cards don't really tell you an awful lot. It's done by combinations of cards and the card spread. I mean, the, the two things with the, the probably more important entire readings is the, the layout you put in the cards on, you know, whether it's Celtic cross or whatever. That's actually more important than um, why the individual meaning cards. But it, it's one of those questions you always get asked you know, um, by if they see a death card going, oh, going, A, it doesn't mean anything bad. And it also doesn't really, standing alone, it doesn't really tell me very much. Um, I see. Um, not really no there's no there's no bad cards i mean the and also a lot of them um they're gonna it's been altered and changed because they come up in films the death card you know was used in horror films so da, 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 everybody's yeah there's another film coming out that did a bit of consultancy work a bit of it and until i left which is coming out at the end of this year which is going to be using tarot cards probably in a not great way which is one of the reasons i left and that's going to that's going to make tarot as a spooky, scary tool for six months until people forget about the film. So, what movie? It, what movie? Nightmare Alley. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it's been remade. So, wow. yeah, it's not going to. It's but, um, but yeah, most of the most of the bad rap tarot gets has come from Hollywood films. Not. Um, You're a consultant for Hollywood. For you you do yeah. for really well. There's not very many of us. <laughs> Looking around, it kind Seriously. of you know, know the film industry and also know weird and strange things like tarot cards and, and mediumship. Yeah, done quite a few of them um, over wow. the years, but it's always kind of it, it, for the last 10, 10, 12 years, it's been trying to get them to portray tarot as a as like a more positive thing, which is like not really what they want to do. They're they've they're taking yeah the background well, of tarot is a scary, strange, weird thing. It's theatrics. It know. is, I and mean, yeah, I get it. It's a strange, weird deck of cards that's it's easy to use to 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 become scary and and and, and yeah and use them in a scary sense I, I i get it i get why they want to do it it's like sometimes it's like shouting in the wilderness going but, but, but they can actually be really motivational and really transformative tool going yeah that doesn't work for the film um so where can people find you richard uh yeah the website is www obviously um dot richard-knight.co.uk um so the uh, bit of background and the stuff about the the classes and the academies on there but i said at the moment not doing kind of private sessions it's a bummer yeah you think um, you'll get back to it because like i know that in the next I'm two three I'm years crave, i'm craving one so yeah in the next two probably three years for myself year, but, but probably next year yeah email me directly and we'll, we'll start something out. Okay. but in terms of it, it it's it's actually really weird because it's the first time in 40 years that i kind of pulled the plug and like it's really weird not not being getting up every morning and doing eight eight, eight sessions a day, um, wow. six days a week, and it's like it's like detoxing if that's the right word. I don't was know. that born um, out of was that born out of the pandemic? You think that things just shifted for you? 
it, it was the fact that it made what's happening now with teaching happen. It's, I, I didn't have an excuse not to. I mean, I've been, I was doing sessions on on Zoom and, and, and video calling for quite a few years before the pandemic. So that kind of that slotted in really well. But in terms of I had no excuse not to kind of sit out in the summer house and design academies and masterclasses there. I didn't realize just how fast it was going to build. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize just how much I was going to enjoy it. I was doing them live in workshops for years and years and years and years. But would it, you know, would it work online in the same way? Um, and it's blown my mind. I mean, it's, it's been, yeah, huge. What, what classes do you do? You do tarot? Do you do mediumship? And so, so there's, a tarot, there's a tarot in the psychic development masterclass. And then there's two academies, one on tarot, one on um, psychic development. Um, there, and there may well be, be careful, I can't say too much about this, but there may well be um, a couple of other academies being added next year at some point. That's incredible. That's, that's uh, a great. Um, were you brought to that? Did Tarot say to you, like, you have to start teaching this stuff? Yeah, I mean, it's it. Yeah, I had a ma- this is probably this probably wait for another day, but I had a massive shift in my late twenties where I kind of walked away from doing all the media psychic stuff and TV programs and everything, and went and sat in a in a remote cottage for a year to try and work out what it, what exactly wow. this is all about, um, and then came out really differently with a completely different focus on what I was going to do and I started to teach at that point in time. So I've been teaching kind of live events um in, in, in workshops for quite a while. So right. um but yeah and part of it was that sense of is I'd seen so many people being taught badly. Um and scarily badly in some cases, you know, where they were saying very scary stuff to clients. Um thinking right, this is yeah, time to kind of try and make this ethical and professional um because if if we can if it's if it can be seen as ethical and professional then we've dealt you know we deal with the skeptics we deal with it you know most skeptics don't understand that actually tarot tarot can be a tool that has got nothing to do with the psychic world whatsoever it can be a very powerful tool within the psychic world but not necessarily there's a lot of people who just learn to read tarot and do it very well who i said before beginning you know are not wouldn't necessarily describe them as psychic um yeah you know finding you was one of the best things to happen to my family and I can't thank you. thank you for, you know, you being there and your impact is your, your impact is very real and it's, it's so appreciated. Yeah. Thank and you. That's lovely to hear. That's lovely to hear. Thank you. Appreciate you were, it. this was amazing. And, um, Eric, I don't, it's going to be live within the next few weeks. But yeah. Yeah. It'll, it'll be, that'll be live this week. But, but everyone, when Richard gets back to reading people go check his website consistently because it, my, my mind was blown away. Yeah, no, you guys saw the picture of my dad. And for people who actually know us who are watching this, um, Richard is the real deal. And on top of that, sign up for his masterclass. If you if you want to take your abilities to the next level, Richard will do that with you. Richard, thank you for coming on. This was amazing. It's a real pleasure to see you too again. Thank you. Hang on one second. We're just gonna sign off. All right. Everybody, please like, subscribe, share this show, and check out richard-knight.co.uk. We appreciate you all tuning in and we'll see you next time. Bye, everyone.